0: Turn your TV to Channel 3, because it's time for the Legend of Retro Podcast at bx8b.com!
1: Welcome to the Legend of Retro.
2: I'm your host, James. Ghost chops. Ghost Chops. Just level six phantasm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. Episode six of the Legend of Retro, guys, welcome. <clears throat> we want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, Collective.com. You guys have a beard? You ladies have a beard. Or maybe you know
2: a beard. <laughs> Just a beard walking Just around the beard. street.
1: Do-do-do-do, yeah. going to work. Send them to DetroitBeardCollective.com and... Have them use the code BX8B yes. on all orders over twenty five dollars. You should do that. If you do that, you'll get twenty percent off. That's a smart move. So use Why that code. Why wouldn't you? I
2: know, right? Like, use the code. Use it. Just use it. It's a code. It's like called use it. Yeah, code BX8B. It's got letters and numbers in it. Uh-huh. It's a code, and it works. Use it, please. DetroitBeerCollective dot Thank you. All right, Legend of Retro. Uh-huh. What do we do on this show? We talk about. Stuff talk about old things. I think it's, I think we talk about dogs. Puppy bowl, can we talk Ooh. about the puppy bowl?
1: Yeah, puppy bowl, puppy bowl. Let's not do that. All right, fine. <laughs> we talk about retro video games.
2: So, <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought you, had, I thought you were going no, somewhere. No, no, yeah, I please. Did, I, by okay, all means, fine. I'll, I'll jazz it up for you. Thank you. Not in relation to jazzy when you because when you say jazz it up and it relates to jazzy, usually means things get worse. Oh, mm, yes. But I'll jazz it up for you in a good way, in the Miles Davis way. Ooh. That's right. With heroin. With lots of heroin. <laughs> Just like heroin in his trumpet. This heroin. is, a, this is, is my place. kind of jazz right now. Here. <laughs> we talk about retro games, but we also talk about the world around retro games. So the ways it's effective our lives, the pop culture-ness of retro and the return of retro and then the fact that there was a lot of shit out there back when we were young. We just didn't see it. I don't know if it's all the drugs but that
0: was deep, man. It was real deep. It was a a lot of drugs.
2: (laughs) There was, yeah.
0: It was a good time for drugs. Straight up meth. Would you say that we're telling the legend of retro? Sharing our stories with you? Did you know that somewhere in Valhalla there's scrolls
2: being written about this show in gold leaf with a whole bunch of virgins underneath it. Ooh. Yep. All <laughs> playing different retro systems. Why am I here then? I want to be there. Oh, well you have to earn it. Oh, okay. It's Valhalla, okay? It's, that sounds it only easy. awaits you when
0: you die. Yeah. Yes. Well, but, I'm and you confused, can only reach so that's
2: good. it. Only reach it from a great battle. Mm. So you have to play a video game and then die from playing
0: it. And I'm
2: getting there with Jazzy, it's okay. happening. Yeah, well that's taking us all down.
0: Yeah. So this is the Legend of Retro <laughs> podcast, which is the the brother podcast to the BXAP podcast at BXAP.com every Tuesday. And this releases every Thursday. So thanks for coming in, hanging out, and we're talking some retro games with you here. Uh, thanks for tuning in on Thursday or any day after that for the Legend of Retro episode 6.
2: Thank you, and I think Jay's reading my mind to producer Ethan for keeping us on track. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's why he's here.
0: Yeah. Okay, come on. That we, is what I make I my attention. egregious salary for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get paid fat money. That's right. To keep you uh he slouches in check. We let him play burger time. Oh, it's his drug. Yeah. It counts as game time and meal time. It's <laughs> burger time. A grown ass man's game. <laughs> there you go. It's not for children. No, it's not. So Alright, what do we uh, what do we got in store,
1: Chops, this uh this episode? What do you got for me? <laughs> I, I,
2: Good. That's what we got. I mean, Mouth fart. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been a little
1: under the weather, so I'm just uh, I'm trying to play catch up here. But um, what what's the big topic this week?
2: Well, today we're talking about a resurgence of sorts with moving new game systems into the future basically bringing them back from the past and reinvigorating them to reach modern audiences uh, your youngins of the 2000s era so for example Retron has been a huge push into that you own one Ethan owns one and it's it gives you the ability to play your old Nintendo games Famicom Super Nintendo Sega Genesis Um, what else am I missing Game Boy, Game, Game Boy, Boy Advance, advances. Game Boy
0: Color, uh, you know, the and, Japanese imp- imports.
2: And I think this has led to, it led to a trend of people repurchasing old video games, getting their collections back, it's spiked prices of hard-to-find games, but it's also led some developers of old to kind of bring themselves back into the mix by going on those great funding campaign websites and producing things that
0: people can put their money towards so that they don't have to. For example, ba- basically, yes, they're getting some crowdfunding because people that are, have money sense are like, no way are we giving you money. <laughs> right. Take it to your foolish peasants and get them to pay for your stuff.
2: And that's exactly what these sites are.
0: <laughs> it's where all the peasants
2: go and they're like... Well, I've got three shillings. I'd Um, like more games, please. Can can I have some more games, please? (laughs) Can I have some more?
1: If anybody else is listening to this is confused, it's also because uh, it's usually a company that has a really stupid fucking idea that they don't want to invest in. So they go get the suckers like us that have no idea about investment and say, hey, give us your money. We're going to make this great product that no one
2: wants. Real quick. yeah. The yeah! The ooh, yeah. Ooh, it sounds, yeah! It sounds cool, right? Ooh Yeah, sounds young, sounds fresh. I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> it was an Android based console game okay. yeah. system. Anything Android based, let's be real. Well, first of all. Typically wow. is shit. The Retron 5 um, is Android based. Yeah, yeah. But it's that's why so said, simple. That's why I said typically. Typically oh, yeah. it's shit. He left himself open. Yes. I sometimes smart.
0: i <laughs> I sometimes smart. Exactly. I sometimes <laughs> smart, Sam. <laughs> So so, what chop, what chops is getting yeah, at take here? Take over for me because yeah, I'm going nowhere. This uh, <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. We're getting off the rails here. So what what we're getting at <laughs> is uh, it, it's it's we're, we're talking about today about a project that has existed online for over a year, mm-hmm. uh, and it is currently being called the Coleco Chameleon. Yes. Now, what it is is it is uh, designed to be a cartridge based video game system that uh, is currently in crowdfunding where you can buy the system and then buy game cartridges. There's no DLC, there's no internet connectivity, there's no updates. It's supposed to be an old school approach to playing video games. Now uh, it is gonna have HDMI and other video, video options. So it has some, you know, they're gonna make it easy and accessible to hook into your new TV. But the idea is you buy a cartridge, you put the cartridge in and you play the games right and by cartridge they're talking
1: actual like new games it's It's indie developed games uh that they're going to be putting into cartridges uh as well as super nintendo titles ported for the system is what it's what what it's saying in one of the articles
0: that we that i've been reading and that's weird now, real okay. quick, let, let me lay down some history, because the Coleco Chameleon has a little little bit of history over the year that it, year or so that it's been uh, sort of out in the public. Now, I started following this story, uh, you know, like I said, roughly a year, year and a half ago, where at the time, it was being called the Retro VGS, the Retro Video Game System. And, you know, it was a, a group of people that decided they wanted to get together and, again, bring back cartridge-based gaming system and, uh, you know, put it out there you know for people to buy, to enjoy games the way they remembered playing them and this company actually went and uh, acquired some some rights that make the Coleco Chameleon at the time retro VGS seem very familiar they bought the actual mold that was made to use the Atari Jaguar so when you're seeing pictures of this Coleco Chameleon the casing to the system looks like a Jaguar that's exactly what it is they bought the mold to make the cartridges and it is these same cartridges. If you remember, the Jaguar cartridges have that little, like, round knob on the top to pull them out. That's what the cartridges for the system are going to look like because they bought the molds, and that helped them, you know, right away, that that helped with their their upstart cost and their cost for manufacturing because they didn't have to make a mold. They didn't have to design it. They just t- took something that we already saw really not succeed uh, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, whatever it is now. Uh, and uh, so, so through that, they started going. They they took it to Kickstarter. They were trying to raise. I read earlier today, one point nine million or something. It was almost two million dollars, and uh, they ended up raising somewhere around the realm of eighty thousand dollars. No,
2: they only raised sixty three thousand
0: dollars. Ooh, <clears throat> not
2: not, not even that good. No, not yeah. any, I don't even know what per- percentage of one point nine five million dollars it is, but it's you can't even make. You couldn't make anything with that. You couldn't make yeah. a controller with that much money to produce on no. a mass
0: scale. And and so the the thing is is like I was following this because not that I thought you know like oh I'm gonna pay a lot of money for this but if it was fifty bucks yeah maybe yeah maybe maybe I'd I'd go in on it but it was like two it was I think it was like two hundred fifty bucks to get. Guaranteed a system while it was in crowdfunding. I was like, no way, that's not that's not happening for me. That's that's too much. Now it's only one hundred thirty-five dollars. Ooh, well, I mean, that's still too much. But let, let's talk about that. So, one hundred thirty-five dollar price point. It's it's pretty high, and that seems like that could be a drawback to the system being that we have plenty of places to get. Retro style games to get old games that have been re-released, and that's they're accessible on your your video game consoles you already own. Be it if you have a Wii, Wii U, less less uh, generation Xbox or PlayStation, modern generation Xbox or PlayStation. Anyone who is really interested in video games has a source where they can get these games, right?
1: Well, and you don't have to leave your <clears> home <throat> to do it. First of all, first of all, it's not even the fact where we can get the games. Let's let's like here's my here's two questions. First of all, for the SNES games. How are you porting these games with the legality purpose of being able
0: to put them on the Coleco? I believe games like Noah's Ark 3D that were never even really real officially licensed games. I think that is like one of the games that will be on the system. Some of those Bible games, some of those unlicensed games that were produced and sort of hacked onto the Super Nintendo back in the day. I think those are some of the titles that would be making their way. to. So that's not good. that's (laughs) not good lineup
1: now here's the second question i'm an indie developer that's going to make a game that i can put it on virtual places everywhere in the world and people could play it anywhere even on their phones what is the cost for me to put my game on a cartridge and let alone what is like why would i do it like like you know and how is how does it me as a developer how does it differ in my coding and my programming to be able to put something on a virtual store versus on a hard physical copy cartridge that has limitations you know and I patch my game every week okay like the cartridge can't do that anymore so their mindset of this game system makes no sense to me where they think they're going to really pull these indie developers considering the way the world works now for gaming I'm not going to spend extra money and go out of my way to create a cartridge other than maybe like one time just so I can have a cartridge and say cool here's my game on a cartridge like that to me personally is just something that I thought would be cool not on a normal developer they wouldn't waste their time because what's it cost to manufacture 100,000 of those
0: Exactly, you
1: know that's that was the problem with cartridges in the past. That's why the cartridge died. So you've either a made a deal where if you you've, you've cre- if you created an indie developer program like Anya, uh, where if you made a game for Anya, uh, they gave you money. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was what that was Anya started to gain support because of the. Ooh, yeah. Ooyah, Anya, Booya, whatever the fuck it's called. Dead. That's what it is. It had, a, it had a program where if you developed a game and you made it exclusive to it at first, they would give you like $250,000. So, in, indies were developing for it. And then guess what? They weren't getting their money. Because they broke it in two pieces. It was like you got half of it up front, and then you delivered, and you got the other half. Well, they, they weren't getting the second half. And they were already spending that money in development, though which is poor planning on their part, but still. like, So if you're going to be Coleco or this company that's teamed up with Coleco and you're going to create some sort of draw where the indie developer will want to put it on your cartridge, then okay. But otherwise, I wouldn't even waste a second of my life to think about putting it on your system.
2: So here's something funny. And I didn't, I didn't know about this because I didn't pay attention to this back then, and I don't know if you guys have known. In 2005... Coleco tried to release a, an, another system. Yes. In 2005, the Coleco Sonic, a handheld system was released by River West Brands, it's a Chicago-based company, and they released 20 games. That was it, 2005. What was the price point? What was the 70? I do not have a price point for it, but it was a 2.4-inch TFT LCD screen and it ran on AA batteries but it could also be plugged in. And here are the games that they had on there. Alex Kidd High Tech World, Alex Kidd Miracle World, Altered Beast, Assault City, Astro Warrior, Aztec Adventure, Bomber Raid Columns, Echo, The Tides of Time, Fantasy Zone, Fantasy Zone, The Maze, Global Defense, Kung Fu Kid, The Ninja, Penguin Land, Quartet, Snail Maze, Sonic Drift 2, Sonic Triple Trouble, and Super Columns. Only 20 games. Now this is in, so 2006, this is your era of Xbox 360 and PS2 at like the height of things, right? 2006?
0: Yeah. That was just, that was just prior to, uh, 360 was out. Yeah. 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 Out for like a year.
2: That's like the Three height years. of that generation of game systems. Like, how do you think this is going to compete with those when this new technology is coming out? And like, this is a completely like this is a perfect example of what this new system is going to be like you're never going to be able to make a legitimate old system into a thing it's always going to be a fad it's always going to be a one time deal because it's, it's focusing on a market a niche market of when technology was less than what we wanted for the games right. and now we're in an era where technology there's, a, there's no limit to our imagination for these games it's just about producing quality games now
1: well, not only that, but like, why even call it the Calico <clears> Communion when it's intended to play modern indie games and SNES ports? Right. It doesn't even say anything about Calico games.
2: It's just the sh- It's just the body of Calico. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah it's, no, it's the Atari body. It's oh, Atari. body. That's,
1: so, that's what I mean. It, it's like they just oh, Calico. You want to put your yeah. name on this just that's so you get a little bit of traction? Like I don't even get, like it. Just it's ter- I. A, I don't think we'll ever... I don't even think this thing will ever... It won't make see it. ...see the light of day, in my opinion. The Phantom never did. Do you remember the Phantom? Barely. Exactly. It never made it, okay? Like, we. yes, we saw Unya or whatever the... Uya. Yeah. We saw that, and if we watched it die real fast, because it didn't have the support. And we're, and I just don't see where this thing's going to get support.
2: Yeah. What? Even if, I don't care who put their name on it. I don't see. I really don't see how you are support. I mean, I can't think it. of. A, I can't think of any old retro game company that could come out with a new, come out with their game system again, release all their new, all their games, and I would buy it. Can you? If they re-release Super Nintendo and were selling the Super Nintendo games, would you go out and buy it? I, what do you mean, like, like Nintendo, re-releasing
1: Nintendo? Re-released a Super Nintendo and, and and re-released cartridges. Yeah, I'd buy them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. Even though you already have uh, now, the, now the value of your collection can diminish no, because they're releasing the games. Still, in this I,
1: in this day and age of collectors, everything matters about originality. So I wouldn't like. If I had, if they re-released Earthbound, an original Earthbound would still hold old, own its value.
2: It would, but I, I still don't think it would. I, I, I would. I wouldn't. I, w- I don't think there's a video, old video game system that
0: I think I would buy
2: if they started re-releasing it. Well,
0: here, here's I my mean, que- I, here's my question, and it's it sort of. I absolutely would. Yeah. It yeah. it ties into a couple of thoughts around this Coleco Chameleon, and and we can tie it back into the question you're asking. Is at at what price point? For the hardware and for the cartridges, would you consider getting on board with the Coleco Chameleon? And just sort of a a little caveat I'll I'll throw out there. Let's talk uh, about the retail aspects of it. You know, like if you had to order everything online, would you be less likely than if you could walk into a Target and buy the system, buy the games and go home? Okay, well, So what price point? Let's talk price point first.
2: So what was the original, like, Super Nintendo when it came out? Was it $250? Two, I think it was 200 200 yeah. So I don't think they would release it for that, obviously. So for, say, they've $150... Already said,
1: they've already said 135 right now yeah, via, for the, the, via the funding. Yeah. yeah. I won't
2: buy the Coleco. There's no value
1: to it. There's not a dollar value I can give it that uh. I'm even interested because... Porting games means nothing to me, because if you told me that Nintendo was going to re-release their system, Nintendo themselves, I would support that, because it's Nintendo. Even and though you can g- get most of the games virtually? I But I don't... You know me. I have a thousand games in my game No, room. I
2: know, but and
1: you're, you're, also, you're different, you're also though, con- than the average consumer. Also, right, but you're asking me right now. No, I know. The, the difference is, is you brought up price about my, my collection. Yeah. Which is, you're mistaken. I don't care about price. I buy them for money because that's the only way I can get them. Okay. If it was worth $5 or $500, I wouldn't care. I want the game. So if I can't get Little Samson because it's $1,000 to buy that game,
2: but Nintendo re-releases it, I will buy it. Okay. Because I get to play it. So way. then how about the average consumer? The average video game consumer. Because I would think you would, you would be different than the average consumer because of your love for video games and it's more of a, well, a lifestyle I think impl- I am an average iteration. consumer because I,
1: I just told you that I'm not a collector in the sense that I want value I want gameplay. But
2: there's value in your collection Which I don't care about though I just spend money. I don't know I, I, I'm, not trying to, I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to say but it's not working.
1: Yeah, I, I think as far as an average consumer you already know what the market is it's a $60 video game people buy right. them now People buy a forty-dollar game that's an eight-bit re you know rehash, and they pay for it. So I think your market is already there. If Nintendo was smart and they do the Virtual Console where you can get five-dollar games from old times, mm-hmm. but like if Nintendo took a Super Nintendo and made like a let's just I don't I, I I'm not sure what its anniversary is coming up, but let's say it's a 20- $20... It
0: ninety? I don't know. 91? Yeah. I never so one. it's
1: got one of those 2025, 20, 30 year things coming around. Like, if they actually put, like, a collector's out there and they, and they, and you don't have to run it for five years, but you ran it for the year of the anniversary and you took the, the top 100 games ever made for, you know, in sales ever made for the Super Nintendo and you reproduced those. It would sell. People would buy it. Collectors would buy it. Game fans would buy it. The problem with the Coleco is that it's not it's it's like this here's Coleco over here. We're going to ask Indies to do something, we're gonna we we're gonna basically port games from a third company and we're gonna take the design from a fourth company. It's just like a Frankenstein. It doesn't have that feel where it's like, I wanna support Coleco. No, I wanna support Nintendo. I wanna support Sega.
0: I think to sort of go a little more in depth into the point Jay's making is if Sega Genesis released uh, an anniversary, where you, in top fifty games or whatever, uh, it, part of that is you are getting the nostalgia and the connection of the actual games and system and the company that you loved as a child. Mm-hmm. With this, with this Coleco thing, uh, I, you know, none of us in this room have a personal co- collection to Coleco. No, I don't think uh, any of us own a Coleco Vision. From I, the I looked 70s. at a Coleco Vision picture, I was like. Yeah. It looks
2: like a remote control with a with a knob on it like it's Right. It's straight up. I have a ColecoVision. I've never
0: hooked it up it in my life, I have never in my collection. Before. Um, I don't even think I've ever played it. I was one. all Atari back then. Yeah, so. yeah, same here. And I have an Intellivision that I've played. Intellivision once, you know, too, yeah. so yeah. so what, you know, the, the, I think that's part of the difference is Nintendo's, Nintendo's a company that we've continued to have a relationship with. You remember that relationship. So it's yeah.
2: the relevance factor. So if it was because so it was more relevant Nowadays, let's yeah. say they It'd let's re
0: release a TurboGrafx 16. I'd be a lot less excited to go out and pick that up and play Exactly. Yeah.
2: yeah, and
1: there are people that love TurboGrafx. Like oh Lu- yeah, uh, you're fanatics for Lucas, those things. Lucas Lucas yeah. loves TurboGrafx 16. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Lucas, he's he's the guy that that every summer we do all of our video game hunting through the garage sales with that you guys will see on our YouTube. He's Jay's
0: but, retro game pimp.
1: He is, he is my retro game pimp. Yeah, I, a lot of it has come from him, thankfully, but. Um, you know, I think I think the thing is though, even when you walk into a retro game store now, you know, go into a disc replay or a privately owned shop, whatever, and you go look for the the rare glass, you don't see <laughs> it's none
2: of those systems.
1: Coleco, they're not there. No. You know, like and that's the thing. So when you ask like, when when the question comes up like, what's a fair market like that you'd pay for this system or for or for this like setup, um, you know. I can go and I can tell you that people that love Mega Man will go buy Mega Man One for ninety dollars, mm-hmm. which is insane. You know, I, do I think Mega Man One cartridge is worth ninety dollars? Absolutely not. But people will do it because because they have that connection. Like at Coleco it's just not there. Like even the people that played Coleco during that generation, which was a little bit before us, even that even they had when when Nintendo and when Sega hit and they were still gamers. That's where, that's where gaming, I believe, really was born. You know, when you had Pong and you had these simplistic games, they were fun, they, were, they, they passed time, but the arcade was, was where it was at then. Right. And when Super Nintendo and Nintendo and that stuff have, and started to kill the arcade and people actually started to fall in love with characters and fall in love with Mario and fall in love with Sonic and create this connection, that's when all of a sudden there was a relationship to a system or to a brand that mattered really. Um, and I think that's where Coleco just never really does. It doesn't mean anything to me. So I don't have any faith in it in, in the, in the new product.
0: So here's question one is sort of piggybacking off this. Hypothetically, you can buy it in a, in a local store, in a target and a Walmart, whatever you can buy it. Systems, 50 bucks. Game cartridges are $15. Then would you consider it? Is that point that price of entry? Because I think I would hmm. if the system was if in if there were decent indie games. So my investment, let's say I make uh, an eighty dollar investment to pick up two games in the system, just to you know try it out, play some cool indie games. I, I'd consider it if they were exclusives. Yeah, well, okay, timeout. If you're telling me that the system, yeah, actually I, was thinking, has, I was thinking
2: ports for yeah, a second. There. No, t- I'm not talking oh, ports. Okay. I'm talking
0: some exclusive. Uh, games developed for it that you, yeah. you can look and see some interest. I'm not saying that it's going to be a killer app, beforehand. but I'm going to say, yeah. you can go watch some trailers online. Let's yeah. say, hypothetically, they, they have six launch titles, and you think two of them look like you, you could get some time into them. I 50 mean, bucks for the system, 15 a game. Would you spend 80 bucks on this, or is that still too much?
1: I personally would spend $80 to see what it is, with the concept of not... Be- I still don't believe in it. So, like... A, I don't believe if this thing launches, it won't have an exclusive. No one would, no one's going to put their, their company on the line to give an exclusive to this company unless Coleco's going to give them, like I said, a ton of money and say, hey, make your game for the first six months exclusive. We'll give you $500,000 okay, that way when it fails, I can stay alive as a company, and then when you die, I'll go release it everywhere else. But at the same time, it's just such a chance for you know, if Nintendo, if Sony, if Microsoft asked me to do that, I have more faith in those companies that yes, I believe my, co- my game, aka my company, will survive because you have the foot traffic
2: to your system to sell my game. Well, here's another point. So, like, you make it exclusive for the Coleco. Exclusive from what? Online release? Like, you can't can't compete with a... That's what I mean. You can't compete with a worldwide sales over a console sale. Like, because if this developer... Okay, I'll give you exclusive rights to it. So then that means I can't release it on Steam. I can't release it on virtual consoles. I can't release it through, you know, whatever other style marketplaces there are. So you're bottlenecking this traffic and this revenue. So it's... These exclusives that you're gonna get are gonna be coleco made exclusives. Yeah. They're gonna so, be things that they already had, like yeah. never released, and they just
1: kind of jazzed them up. For you them. know what it makes it? It makes it when you walk into Meijer nowadays, or you walk into a Target. Uh, I don't even really think Target has them anymore. But th- this last year, you could walk in, go to the electronics sh- area, and you would look at this little in cap, and there would be Atari Twenty Six Hundreds and Sega Genesis. And,
2: and they you, had like the stuff built into it, and,
1: right? And you're like, "Whoa, what's this?" And then you'd pick it up and realize it was a third party company. Mm-hmm. that that licensed it and they took a what looks like a Genesis loaded it with 125 games and you just plug it into an AV port and and you play it and it's all emulated it's all shitty and the controller sucks so if you tell me that the system's going to be $50 and I can go buy it in a store the first thing I'm going to tell you is that how bad is the controller? because cause, cause the
2: input into this game is it, can you imagine them releasing and, and, a Coleco controller yeah, yeah. on a system I, like that? Like I, that would be no one would play it. Right. And no only, one would.
1: They've shown the controller it looks like a Geni- Pro. Very Pro. generic very yeah. generic controller but, right. but
0: I
2: and that's, mean but there's and that's no,
0: why the system isn't $50 hypothetically but well, it's yeah, yeah, $130. Yeah, you know? yeah there's yeah.
2: no there's no uniqueness to it. It I, looks like a Retron but it's limited to what it can play.
1: Yeah. You know I think this this market with Retron and all these things, like they exist because copyrights have ended and and everything, so that they could produce a pro, a device that allow you to to put your cartridges in, right. right? And it it has opened up the door for some people that maybe you know want to play on their big screen TV and they don't have a tube TV in their house anymore. So they have you know the Retron works well for that. Right. I have a Retron. I still prefer to play on the original.
2: Right. But they're catering to an audience that already exists. This seems like they're trying to create an audience that isn't there.
1: And it just is like, why? Yeah. Like, why? Waste the money. Why waste the effort? I just don't see it having any success.
0: Sort of comparing the Retron that plays cards that already existed and cards that are already out there, cards you might have in your collection, to the Coleco where you have to buy all new proprietary cartridges for it. I also followed the Retron in the about a year leading up to its uh, the Retron 5's it, uh, release. I was really into it and following it because I knew I wanted to buy one. I wanted to get one. I was very excited about it. and I, You know... Because I already had a software library for it. If if let's say the this Coleco was like, yeah, you could play Nintendo and Sega games on it, and we'll you'll we'll have our own proprietary games you could play on it. That might be a whole other story. But it's it's a matter of the fact that like I had a library already. So the and you know to to hop into the Retron, little bit little bit different because I knew I. Exactly. Well, what you're I was not paying you
2: a money. recurring cost. You know, you buy the system, and then your cost is completely dependent on which game you want to play again, or borrow from, like you know, from Jay or from a friend. You know, you don't have to invest into new more games because you've already kept the ones that you enjoy. Yeah. You know, it's it's not going to go very far. It's it's real sketch. It's it's the other issue too.
1: Like even if you even if this was Atari, let's say they threw the t- they tagged Atari it out, it wouldn't, it, would, it wouldn't make any difference to me. No. You know, if Nintendo, for some reason, wanted to team up with someone, and I don't know why they would team up with someone, but if it was Nintendo, or a company that is relevant still, you know, here's an example: if Sega wanted to, that's team exactly up, what I was if thinking. If Sega wanted to team up with a hardware company because they don't want to open up their own hardware, you know, facilities again, but they'd like to have a piece of hardware for some reason, I instantly would back this. It's I would like, be on IndieGoGo, Kickstarter, wherever the hell it is, and I would back it because that because I. For, for a Genesis? It. I honestly it could See, honestly,
2: it could almost be anything. Cuz I was going to say if, if, they, if they did anything it would be a, I think they would be a Saturn. No,
0: it would not be a no way. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Dreamcast, sorry I was yeah. thinking Dreamcast said Saturn. Let's sorry. just say hypothetically, uh let's say that uh, a hardware manufacturer, let's use uh, Asus, the computer manufacturer. Sure. Okay. Let's say that they want that se- them and Sega were building a partnership, you know, Asus was going to handle the hardware, Sega's coming out with a whole new lineup of software. It's a an all new system. I yeah, I It's, all, it it's an all
2: new system? Like current, it's not are we talking a about remake them? of the Genesis or anything? Either, so
0: either or. Yeah, I mean either or I'd support it. Ports, you know, you could have ports of everything from the Sega 1000 or whatever, the pre-master system system mm-hmm. I know nothing okay. about, all the way up through uh, you know, modern titles like uh, Super Monkey Ball and all those other games that came out post the Dreamcast ending. Uh, also, you know, it
2: completely encompasses Sega's it's just, game history.
0: It's Sega. It's se- yeah, Sega first-party titles. If it's, and, a, if
2: it's a Sega true master system, like yeah. like it plays all Sega stuff, yeah, yeah I would totally do that. Be, I, yeah. I wouldn't. I, I couldn't do it if it was limited to that generation. I still for me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, here's a,
1: here's the thing. Like, if uh, if for some reason they teamed up with ASUS and they made something that was a generational thing, like, hey, uh, we're gonna we're gonna recreate, like you said, Dreamcast. I wouldn't be. I I would be. I would follow it. I would probably back it because I because I love Sega that much, but it's easy to go get a Dreamcast. No oh, yeah. So unless you're telling me you're releasing a Dreamcast that like upconverts and it can hook to HDMI and things Goes like that. Goes on the internet more you know, like
2: faster. Yeah. Better. Then
1: then I'd be a little more interested, I guess. But at the same time, it's like it's so easy to go out and find a Dreamcast because they're everywhere because it was a failed system. But if you told me because of this every licensed dreamcast game that we made we're going to rec- we're going to start re uh, issuing that would be huge because that's the biggest problem with the dreamcast library is that there's some really good gems in there but because there's so few they're outrageous so you know my dream even though it's one of my favorite systems that's one of my libraries that lacks the most because i just won't i don't want the cost for that i can't Jesus. afford to go pay 300 dollars for a disc that you know just so I can say it's on my wall, and, and I'm going to play it from time to time, and that's you know. And some people are like, well, then you're not a true collector. It's like, no, it's because the market and the ret- and, and the collectors have driven it to that stage that uh, you know we have the issue with Earthbound, and we have the issue with Chrono Trigger, Panzer Dragon, you know, uh-huh. Panzer are Dragon. Yeah, they're not great games; they're just hard to find. And that's you know, that's you know, it, 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 it's interesting, but at the same time, Sega would be that person, like right now. If this device strip Coleco off of it, put Sega on it. Say you're gonna say you're going to uh, instead of port SNES games randomly from a third company, now you're gonna focus on uh, all your cartridge-based games. So we can say Master System and Genesis, right? Cartridge-based. 32x, which is Genesis cart. Um, I just like
2: saying 32X.
1: Okay, you're going to support those, and you're going to offer indies to come in to develop. How you're going to make it exclusive is any of your licensed... uh, Any of your IPs, Sonic the Hedgehog, things like that, you're going to give these indie developers access to those characters to be able to implement them into their games. That's a good way to do it. I'm interested. I will back it.
0: Get some indie developers to... Uh, not only re- you know, we can release the originals but have the indie developers like make a new fantasy zone you know a game that was very popular on the Sega Master system sure. those, those sort of things well, allowing I mean, them to, to to make uh reboots and updates of them similar it, to how they did uh, you know Capcom redid DuckTales you could take those master system games and make them look beautiful and play them yeah. on the and system. and only
2: benefits Sega if you revitalize their characters absolutely you know like they're you the company's only going to get more publicity for it yeah and they're
1: still your characters so you know what if someone wants to make you know some weird psychopath rampage killing sonic the hedgehog yeah. you tell them no but like
2: i mean the, yeah there's gonna you know, be limits to it yeah, but yeah but at the
1: same time like how like that instantly makes it unique draws interest as me as maybe a new developer that's mm-hmm. like oh cool i could use sonic to try to push my name you know Things like that that draw people to your system. Right now with the Coleco, I don't, I just don't know what draws you to it, other than people just being like, "Why?" The name sounds familiar. Why? Like all I'm, all I see in these forums of of, of these articles that we've read about this thing is people asking, "Why does this even exist?" Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that's I don't know. That, I mean, that's my feelings too. I, I don't get it.
0: That's all I got. So. So let's go around the table. Around the table. I want everyone to say one nice thing about the Coleco Chameleon, and then one thing that pisses them off about it. I'll say it looks cool. Damn it. <laughs> uh, like, it looks
2: neat. It looks neat, but it's, it pisses me off if it's not a Coleco. It's an Atari.
1: Yeah. See, I like Atari, and, I've, oh, and I actually liked the... Uh, the design of the Jaguar, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was cool looking uh, as a kid. So I, I, really liked the body style. Um, the cartridges always seemed interesting to me. Uh, I, re- I actually, I, I, recently almost bought a Jaguar, not be- with Doom. That was the only game I was going to buy with it. Uh, just, just to have it on my shelf because I think it looks cool and it's, it's a piece of history that uh, the last Atari system basically. Um, so that's the only thing I like about this is that it, it's a clone, and then you know i think you guys understand what i don't like about it is that i don't even understand why this product exists there if it makes it to a shelf or even on sale online i am surprised and if people if that many people back it i really am wondering what their thought process is behind
0: it i guess for me the the positive would be i love cartridge based video games I, you know, I was N64 all the way over the PlayStation because I like the load times. I like the durability and uh, that's just something, uh, disc-based systems, obviously I I play them and love them, but cartridge-based was, I just always love clicking in a cartridge. So I see where these people are at with wanting to bring that back. I I understand the heart behind it, but (laughs) inversely, if you're going to, put out something that, you know, if you're looking for indie titles that sort of things that's competing with the PlayStation 4, the Xbox 1, the Wii U that's already in most gamers homes, it doesn't make sense to release a 130 dollars system that you're probably going to charge at least 30, 40 bucks a cart for for the games. It's just financially it doesn't doesn't make any sense to buy it whatsoever cuz you're going to get plenty of great indie titles on your other systems delivered straight over the internet to you. So, the logic doesn't seem like it's there for me. Yeah, Um, I don't know. I don't. It
1: doesn't. I'm gonna read one thing to you that I I I liked out of this. So we read our our article, our main article that we based our topic off of was from Engadget. Uh, We'll share it on our social media. So just go and look at bxab gaming, and and you can find it. But. One guy really kind of he hits it well, and, and uh, it's loading. Seventy-seven uh, KB is his is his username, <laughs> which I like. Uh, do not give this company any of your money. They lied about pretty much everything since day one, back when it was called the Retro VGS. The Calico Chameleon you see in the picture above is actually an SNES Mini stuffed inside of an old Jaguar case, and that Calico Chameleon prototype. One cartridge is empty. There is an SNES EverDrive cartridge stuffed behind it, which is playing the game you see on the TV. Check out the threads on the Atari Age and NeoGaf, and you will see how big of a scam this whole project is. NeoGaf is not a, is not these are this stuff that he's claiming. NeoGaf and Atari Age. Like if you're into this cartridge world, it's no joke to play with. Like these guys clearly disappeared for a while. Uh, and came back rebranded for a reason. And where did the sixty thousand dollars go that they already that they generated? Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, they probably spent it on development. But like now, you're asking for more money. But but you you rebrand yourself so that you don't look like you're asking for more money. You're a new product. So I just you know it,
2: it's it's sketch.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I've never been a fan of seeing seeing a new company come around and buy. You know we're going to buy the name of circuit city and launch a website and we're going to call ourselves circuit city, but really we're not, you know, and not that I ever liked circuit city. It seems like a shortcut, but that's, it definitely that's is what they do. They try to find a company that's a little bit down and they can buy that name to try to help themselves a little bit for a product that really has no momentum at all. And it looks like they've already kind of, you know, screwed a bunch of people. Like what it, all those people that that's $60,000. So as much as we joke about that, I can't do much. How many people backed that then? Oh yeah. What did they all get? I don't know. So you gotta be careful with 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 that type <laughs> of stuff. <sighs> all right, guys. Well, that's uh, that's been our topic. Uh, like I said, you can read all about the uh, Coleco Chameleon, uh, more about it on Engadget. Uh, we'll we'll have the link up on our social media, and uh, we're gonna move on uh, to some. Retro Relapse Jones
0: in for a classic game It's time for Retro Relapse On the Legend of Retro Podcast
2: Retro
1: Relapse Alright so This week um, I selected a nice game For the guys as they were coming over To the studio and I was just like You know I'm gonna be nice to them I'm gonna pick something that they're gonna enjoy So we went with Friday the 13th for the NES why not?
2: You're great.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, um, I, I ended up acquiring... The, I, I didn't have it, which was surprising. I ended up acquiring it recently in, like, a bulk game purchase. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I've never actually tried this game. So, we went with it today, put it in, and, uh, you know, Chops, you really had the, the bulk time with it. You really seemed to just be just in it and loving it. So why don't you take it away and tell us about this game a little bit?
2: Well... The game play, takes place at Camp Crystal Lake, which remind me if I'm wrong, but in the Friday the Thirteenth movie, do they ever go to Camp Crystal Lake in the original? Yes, they do. Okay, yes. tells you how many much of the movies take place yeah. at Camp. Yeah, Crystal we have. Lake, the, yeah, know. they do. So, yeah. I'm glad I have him here. Yeah, you got Ethan. I for that think part. in
0: almost all of them, in some way, you appear. Christ, Camp Crystal Lake appears. I'm trying to think. Even when he's in New York, they start, you know, Jason starts in Crystal Lake. Okay. So and even in space, he starts in Crystal Lake. I The only one possibly is the one where he's resurrected, resurrected by a lightning bolt from a grave. They may not start at Crystal Lake there.
2: Okay. Be- well, so you start at Camp Crystal Lake. You're a camper, and apparently Jason is there, and he's killing off the camp counselors and you are are one of how many children are, are campers are there there's like there's five five campers no no, no, no. that's there's five instructors right oh oh, the children the children yeah, yeah, the are children is, uh,
1: f- uh, 15 I believe
2: 15 yeah so you're one of the, you're one of the instructors right yeah, you're like a counselor uh, Counselor or counselor whatever. whatever. Yeah. And and basically Jason's going around killing all these children, killing the counselors, and you have to go and, and it doesn't really explain this, you, you're basically just just exploring Camp Crystal Lake, going in and out of cabins, walking around the lake, jumping out of the way of ghouls and wolves and bats by throwing rocks, knives, machetes, all, or an array of, of weapons, which I don't think are in any of the movies <laughs> that they actually fight back. Um and you're and you're supposed to light fireplaces. Now, yeah. why? <laughs> Don't know. You're How just ma- supposed to light them. How, How many? You know, infinite amount. And the then, more the better. The more the better. And then you're supposed to try to stay alive. Um, and, you can't let have let everybody else. Right, right, You can't let have. You can't have all the counselors die. Um, you can't have all the children die. And you have to light all these torches. And the secret mission of this is you're supposed to kill Jason. Yes. Three times. Yes, three different days. Three different days. How do you know it's a new day? Well, at one point it's light, at one point it's dark. I don't even know how long it takes for that to happen in the game, but I guess you have to do it three different days. I played this game. I walked around this the lake, the cave, the woods, the paths. I ran into Jason once in like half an hour of playing this game. Jay ran into him like three or four times within the first ten minutes. Yeah, I was unlucky. <laughs> Very so like, unlucky. so like the the madness of this game is ridiculous, and I felt like I was absolutely going nowhere. Was it fun to play? A little bit. I mean, there are six camp counselors. Six camp counselors, yeah. and like I only played as one the whole time. He, All the rest of them died, and apparently yeah. I played as the best one though. Yeah, because each one has varying levels of
1: speed, rowing, and jumping ability.
2: Right, and Chrissy apparently is the best. I don't know. I, I, she was really good.
0: Of he was holding it down.
2: Yeah. Uh, and then I got the black guy. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Mark? No, it wasn't Mark. M- I, I don't have their names right in front of me. But Anyways, he was slow as fuck. Couldn't do shit. Yeah. But anyways, I, I didn't understand this game. Ethan, It was this anything like the movie?
0: Well, there there aren't ghouls and crows, and it's not and daytime. Wolves. It's never daytime in the okay. Friday Thirteenth. Uh, but Jason does appear pretty randomly, and uh, it is pretty frightening. Okay, in the movies, um, do they ever fight back with knives, rocks? machetes or torches absolutely uh, in all the friday the 13th movies people try to fight back with whatever is around them okay because uh, jason is an unstoppable killing machine so he'll grab a chair leg and swing it at him or try to stab him and you know, it's pretty much unstoppable but that that aspect of just throwing rocks and random stuff to try and survive that actually sort of felt right okay so. now do they ever successfully kill him Oh, at the end of every movie, he dies, and then, of course, uh, there's usually a, a, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't watched this movie that was that's almost 40 years old now. Uh, at the almost the end of every movie, somehow it turns out Jason wasn't actually dead, and it sets up for the next one. Yeah. So, this game was released uh,
1: February 1989. We're going to give you a little bit, some facts about this game, because it was so good. And it lives right up on level with the movies. That's how good it is, right?
2: Eh. Yeah, you like either go in the movie and see it, you go see the movie, or you play the it's game. It's like the same. And you get the same story. So,
1: February nineteen eighty nine, Friday the thirteenth is a survival horror video game published by LJN and developed by Japanese video game developer
0: Atlas. Ooh. So I do. I do have to say, if if people listen to the Legend of Retro, you into retro video games, you might be a fan of the Angry Video Game Nerd, which means you know that LJN is. They produce confusing garbage when it comes to video games. Yeah, I'll oh, yes. Yeah. So, um,
1: it was obviously for the Nintendo Entertainment System, and it was an adaptation of the Friday the 13th franchise. Critics rated the game as one of the worst NES games of all time.
0: Just, just two weeks ago at a used video game store, my fiancé, knowing how much I love horror movies grabs it and says, let's get this one. I, why don't you have this yet? And then I asked her to please put it down because <laughs> it's going to burn her skin because it's hot garbage. Yeah. So um, basically you heard you have to you have to kill him three times,
1: three different days. But while you're doing that, uh, you also have to uh, basically stop him from... Uh, a timed alarm appears at certain intervals requiring players to find Jason before he kills one or more children or another counselor. So you're also trying... like, And this map is not small. And you don't move fast. No, 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 no,
2: no. that's not the worst thing about this map. The worst thing about the map is when you want to move right, you gotta go left. The directions in this game are stupid. Like, it doesn't make any... It doesn't... It, it's just like hurts my brain there's a lot of weird like, things like it really hurts my brain like
1: uh when you want to get weapons Ugh. and things like that you have to uh you have
2: to jump to get them you can't right. just walk but over. they them. also
1: don't appear unless, unless you're jumping, jumping. which yeah.
2: what does that mean they're falling out of pockets I, I you already have them
1: i have no <laughs> idea but
2: yeah oh my gosh it's uh it's a it's a pretty good game and let's but, be real
0: like in the movies they don't pursue jason yeah, do they I, yeah, usually they lure him into a trap yeah. at the end Yeah, but their they goal isn't smart. to pursue him it's no, like to ev- get away eventually
1: from him. it becomes that point where they're like they realize that it's they all- have to fight they have to yeah. yeah. you know at first i think at first usually in jason movies you yeah it's all about the escape and then you know what they start to get picked off and then it kind of turns into like all right we need to make this our last stand type deal like we need to we need to fight back and then i horror movies are kind of generally that way like the, you know the the re The whole scary aspect of the movie gets introduced. everyone screams and runs, and then you start to get pick you know your your group starts to fall apart, and all of a sudden the you know you you have that person that, you have no choice oh yeah or you or you get that the the badass that's gonna, right. you know gonna become the hero but um Game reformer lists this game amongst the worst horror games of all time as well, so um author Andy Slavin called it a horrible translation of the films. Michigan Daily oh. uh, called it a poor offering by LG, <laughs> LJN. <laughs> that's the mo- that's the <laughs> nicest thing anyone's ever said about this game. It's a poor offering. GamePro listed it as the 10th worst video game based on a film. Oh, criticizing, wow. I'd like to hear the rest of that list. Yeah, They're crit- all LJN games. <laughs> yeah. Criticizing its repetitive music score and amazingly frustrating gameplay. Uh, Game Radars uh, criticized its box, commentating that only LJN would ever think to surround Jason Voorhees with a neon pastel vomit, (laughs) thereby making him even more of an 80s relic than he already is. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So... Oh, uh, and, and honestly, it just keeps going and going as far as all these people that, that just want to hate on it. Jeez, so, this game was terrible. Yeah, it, go look up the the wiki, the wiki for uh for this game Ugh. and you'll get a few laughs for sure. But uh let's give it a let's give it a rating. Let's pull out the eight bit scale here. Do we have to? Yeah, and on the BX eight uh gaming eight bit scale. Chops, what would you rate this gym? I give it a two. Wow. It actually got a two out of them. I'm surprised. I give it a two for what reasons? Why does Why does it deserve a two and not a one? I was intri- I was
2: intrigued by it. Um, when I played it, and I'm like, I gotta light these tort these these fireplaces. Okay, what does it do? Like, like there's there was enough mystery in the game that I was hoping it would pay off, but it never did. Sure. Um. Also. I liked the aspect of, like, these different camp counselors are differently effective against the world around them. Um, I thought that was kind of neat. It kind of reminded me of Maniac Mansion, where you had different characters that had specific abilities, and based on their specific abilities, you were able to do certain things in the world. Other than that, it was garbage. Yeah. Okay, so
1: a 2 out of 8. I give it a 1 out of 8. It, uh... It's barely serviceable as a game. Uh there's not an aspect of the game that I like. And 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 the concept that they decided to go with when you enter the cabins to go from oh, from, that a, was from, a, from a platform side scrolling game to this weird 3D but you really the sense of motion and and <laughs> and and, and, how, and where you're at in
0: this cabin
1: well like becomes you, so disorienting it almost yeah. gives you a headache it's just well, a sprite I mean,
0: wiggling until the the background gets closer yeah. right. and and, and <laughs> it's you're bad. And you're holding
2: left or right to move but as soon as you get in the cabin you have to keep pressing it as if like each press is a, is a leg is a, right exactly <laughs> it's like so, what
1: there's just, honestly, there wasn't a single aspect of this game that saved it at all. So, one
0: one bit. Ethan, would you like to give us a rating? Sure. As someone who loves the Friday the 13th movies, owns them all, and I didn't want to play it at all, and you guys made me. <laughs> the <laughs> only redeeming thing about it is I like the actual sprite design of Jason. Yes. And the little bit of platforming I did before I randomly got a game over because all the kids died or whatever. Yeah, yeah you, you, the jumping mechanic works pretty good. You have to do it all the time, but it works. Um, but just for the fact that it's a, it's an intellectual property in a, in a franchise that I love, and I really didn't want to even touch the controller because I knew it would make me sad, I have to give it a 1. But I will say, just a quick plug, I'm very excited for the new one coming out on PS4. Yeah, the new one does look really cool. If it's anything like Until Dawn... It looks yeah, like it's going to really be a lot cool. like Until Dawn.
1: Pretty yeah, sweet. So. All right, guys. Well, that's been Retro Relapse. Uh, how it works is we pick a game right before uh, we go and record the show. We play it, and then we talk a little bit about history of it and our personal preference of it. So you guys can always recommend what game we play. You just send in your recommendations to info at com, or you can send them in on social media, BXAB gaming. Just uh, you know, shout out and be like, hey, guys, you guys should try playing... Ghostbusters.
2: Do, 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 do. So,
1: <laughs> so, yeah, send in your requests, guys. We have a couple in line still. I think uh, Ghostbusters is uh, being worked out right now, right? You, through Ethan? Uh,
0: yeah, I have it. Yeah. I just need to be reminded to to bring it in. You just got to remind me on, uh, on a day we're going to play, play retro games, and I'll bring it in my backpack and bring it on over. We'll get some Ghostbusters going.
1: Yeah. And, Chops, what are you pointing at in the studio? Look right up there.
0: It's like, right there. I can't Stay see. Stay puffed, Marshmallow Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethan Graham. No, no, don't. I'm, no, no I'm not going to stand up. Damn it, he yeah. plays the theme song. He does play the theme song. Um, <laughs> everyone knows the song, because it's right. the greatest song ever written. It is the greatest song ever written. It's okay. better than the national anthem. Oh, it should be our national anthem. <laughs> yeah. I'm not disagreeing. We'll, do, we'll go more in depth, uh, potentially, next week when we play <laughs> Ghostbusters. Right, retro relapse. Yes. Yeah.
1: So there <laughs> you guys have it. Send in your requests and uh, and check out Instagram because a lot of times when we're doing Retro Relapse, we'll post little mini videos of the game we're playing. So um, cool. Uh, and that means we need to move into some user emails. Real user e- emails. Emails. All right, guys. So this is the, uh, where you send in your questions we answer them the best we can hopefully and uh, let's get started our first question does come from xander and he wants to ask friend of
0: the show friend of the show xander yeah, from the, yeah absolutely friend yeah, he's, of the show xander he's a big fan he's
1: friend a big of the fan show.
0: yeah friend of the show beyond a friend beyond a fan friend of the show <laughs> sure he's a way he's a what friend of the show oh, okay. okay xander all right so his question is we all know that being good
1: is dumb if you could be employed by any evil organization from from video games, which organization would you pick and why? Hmm.
0: Ooh man!
1: Now by being, I guess, being part of, I guess it would depend on what level. <laughs> am I a minion? Right, am I a minion? Because like, like, as bad, as bad as they are and as much as they fail because it's because it, they're evil, I would I would love to be part of the Foot Clan.
0: Ooh, good choice. Yeah.
1: I'm a big ninja fan, and the fact that
2: that I could wait—did be... I hear that wrong? He, he's talking about like a bad villain group. I yeah, he's talking about a video game company.
0: No, no, no! Oh, did he, I heard that he join a villain group. Well, oh, I—I th- I think that's what he was asking. Join a villain group Hold in on, a video. No,
1: game Yeah, chop's zoned out here.
2: No, I
0: thought. Th- Damn I th- it,
1: Chops that weird. We mm-hmm. all know that being good is dumb. Yeah. If you could be employed by any evil organization from video games, okay, uh, what would he, you pick and why? So he not he, Activision, he, that's what I, that's not EA.
2: That's what I thought he meant. Like <laughs> the evil organizations being working for them, employed. Right. This, that's is, what Z- this is Xander
1: who's a huge fan of the Imperial. Right? He's a okay. huge fan that, of... I got confused yeah, there. Yeah. You know, so. Okay. Yeah.
0: Thank you for clarifying.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, Foot Clan for me. Mm, evil organization. Or AKA part of Shredder Crane. You know. Whatever you want to call that.
0: You're, what you're saying is you want to be bebop.
1: I wouldn't. I you know. Here's the thing. If I could be one of the the you know like, hey, you're gonna get a mutated team. into something. Go for it. You know, like yeah. I don't want to just be a. I just don't want to be another foot soldier. You know.
0: Hurry, <laughs> hey, we must destroy it. like slash is cool.
1: Uh, slash is pretty cool.
0: We get the Imagineer. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, <laughs> Chops! Welcome to BXAP <laughs> Legend of Retro!
2: Okay, so okay. what about you? Um, I, th- I think this might be cheating, but I'd like to be a Sith Lord. Mm. Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. There you go. I think it'd be sweet. Yeah. Be real villainy, maybe potentially immortal. I don't know if you could be the Sith Lord, though. You'd have to be the apprentice. Well, yeah. Start you out. Could,
1: yeah, because you have to be employed by. That's so
2: fun. On the way to. I would feel like the Lord is the owner. I'm, a, I'm on that management track. Right, right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I like it.
0: A couple yeah. thoughts into my mind. Well, okay. if we're talking video games, I'd like to join the NWO and WCW Revenge <laughs> on the N64 because I'm too sweet. Sp- <laughs> uh, so I realize that's a pretty big stretch. So uh, other thoughts came to mind. I think I would like to... I think I would like to put some mechanical skills to use, and I think I'm, I'm going to send out a resume to the Hyperion Corporation Ooh. and build some loaders for Handsome Jack there in Borderlands. Or if uh, Jack doesn't think I'm proficient to build his killer robots, I will take uh, things to Dr. Wiley and see if I can get a job working for him building killer robots. So I just want to build killer robots I humbly, that's a good humbly, idea. in my shop, just tinkering away, like I'm gonna build some death bots. Beep 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 beep. beep, beep. Cranking my wrench, I think that's a good life. Cranking your wrench, and I probably in won't more get, than one way. I, I won't get blown up. I'll just be building robots, and uh, you know, maybe I can stay under the radar so my evil boss doesn't murder me. There you go. That's a good. That's a, that's a hopeful thing. That's all. A, that's all. An evil bot mechanic. I want hope I don't get murdered today. <laughs> beep 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 beep. beep.
1: <laughs> all right, well, Xander, thank you for the question. Our next question we got from none other than. Retro Mike. That's right. We're in for a treat, boys. If you could go back in time and stop yourself or someone else from doing one transaction where you got rid of a video game or a system, what would it be? The one event I would stop is when my mom was tired of how much much, uh, room my video game boxes were taking up. All of my SNES and N64 games were taking up in the basement she took all the manuals, stuffed them into the Star Fox 64 box then she threw out all the boxes for every other game. For those of you that don't know, Retro Mike collects he's, he's, a, he's a mint complete in box, like he's a very big collector and he had everything in box complete and she got rid of all of it and just stuffed it all into the, the Star Fox 64 box
0: So To defend Ma- Mike's mom, she's a very sweet woman
1: Hey, she didn't know what she was doing back then, but I could see that. I think a lot of parents didn't know what they were doing (laughs) back then. That could be a very good, that could be a very good, uh, that's a very good answer, though, because, I mean, I've seen his collection, and if he had some of that completed (sighs) box, holy moly. It'd be amazing. But um, if I had to stop myself or someone, it probably would be myself, and it would be one of my Funko Land trips, where it was, uh, if I look at now, the monetary value of what I basically handed away to get a Sega CD by handing over my NES, my entire Nintendo collection including games like Little Samson or uh, Dragon Warrior 7 games that now have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, oh, a Bucky O'Hare games like that that are too expensive where I don't even want to buy them, even though I want them. God, what I tell him well, I would I would walk up to my child self as an adult that no one knew that it was me, and I would smack them, go to jail for child abuse, but at least he would know.
2: Even though some stranger had smacked him,
1: no, the the message <laughs> oh. would be in the smack. It would it would be like a because it's the same person, it would transfer the memory, and he would know. And I would spend the rest of my life in jail, but that'd be okay. Or a Vulcan mind meld. Yeah, I I would definitely stop myself because I there were so many times where I just literally every time something new would come out, you'd just dump your whole collection off, get you'd your 117 net credit store credit, pull your little Funko Land newspaper out, and be like, "Cool, I'll take uh, this and this," and you'd walk away with two items after you just dumped off 47 games. Ah, uh, man, the games I had too. That's just sad. I, could, I feel Retro Mike's pain with his boxes. It's
0: been 20 years, and you're still still hurt. I'll never forget it.
1: It's, oh, a mem- yeah. it's a memory now, for sure. As much as I love Funko Land, I hate Funko Land for the same reason.
2: Yeah. <sighs> I'd say the same thing from when my brother traded in those, all those Nintendo games. Yeah, man. Nintendo system. It was before I had a chance to really play all those. So. Yeah. yeah. It's rough. What about you, Ethan?
0: See, no, now with me, I've never been a game seller. Because I, I've always... I'm, I'm kind of a hoarder. I kind of have problems. But I've o- also always thought of it as a collection. And I've never wanted to get rid of pieces of it uh, to sell. I've never seen... I've never... You know, I did have sort of the... We get it. You didn't here. get rid of your cool shit.
1: Stop bragging. I'm now the smartest person in the room.
0: That's fine. Now, what that's that's wouldn't easily, you done? Yeah. <laughs> that's easily done. So, but I, there's, I have a couple of regrets. One... My older brother and I shared a lot of video games. And when he moved 10 hours away, we went through a video game divorce. Oh, God. hard. Where oh, we had to hard. S- split up some of the games. Now, in general, I actually think I got the better half of the deal. Because there were a lot of games that were de- the better games. But they were definitely his games. There were some games that were definitely mine. Some of the ones that were more questionable that we bought together at garage sales, things like that. Um, he ended up taking the Super Nintendo that he bought and also owned the majority of the games... But he also got like my copy of Street Fighter 2 and maybe a couple other games I have. He took all, you know, maybe we had, let's say we had eight Super Nintendo games in the Super Nintendo that he bought. I got all of the Sega stuff. So that means I got all of our Genesis stuff, all our Master System stuff, all our Sega Sega CD stuff. So I got a good deal. But I wish I would have done a little more bargaining with the N64 games. He got Star Fox. He got Perfect Dark. He got the Bomberman that I like. And looking back, I wish I would have maybe bargained a little bit more to get some of those titles that I, I liked a little bit more. And I also have a regret, I lent a guy my Ocarina of Time and my Mario 64, and he still hasn't given them back. I gotta, now that I'm back in the air, i got to look them up and shake them down. I want my cartridges back. Call them out right now. Puddles! Tim Carpinelli! Oh, good I'm luck. calling you out! Good luck I'm with that. I'm calling you out! Good luck with that. I want my Ocarina of Time, and I want my my Mario 64, because I don't want to repurchase them. He traded. I trusted you.
1: He traded those in.
0: They're gone. Yeah, they're oh yeah, gone. Oh yeah, they're, they're, long they're, long they're probably... Yeah, they're they might gone. be in my collection, for all we know. I mean... I don't even know if there was there wasn't a lot of value on them when I let them borrow them because the it was like two thousand and five or six, and you know it's just now they're you know back then they would have been eight bucks to go repay them now they're
1: about fifty each almost yeah, I know. Oh, oh man. man, yeah. Well, there you have it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, depressing Mike. Depressing us. Yeah, super depressing. Um, I, I don't think I think that was it, right? We don't. Do we have any more? I have one
0: more. Oh, you have, I have one, one more that got okay. sent in to me. All right, this one's from Mark. Mark, thanks, thanks for emailing, Mark. Hey, Mark, what's up? Hey, Retro Guardians. My name is Mark, and I've been a fan of BXAB for a couple months. Mark, thanks for listening. We're glad you're here. Thanks, Mark. Uh, I love the Tuesday show, so I'm all about getting a second show every week. Talking about here, Legend of Retro, the second show. Uh, what game do you remember being great and going back? It's just not good anymore. Game on, Mark.
1: Oh, man. Going back and it's just not as enjoyable. Um, Man, this is going to... This one kind of hits a little home, but it's probably... Battletoads. Mm. I, uh, like, I loved Battletoads, and I remember when I finally, like, reacquired it, I was so excited. I was like, yeah, we're going to play Battletoads all night. And I think we played it for, like, an hour, and then I was like, I can't play Battletoads anymore. And that, that was, like, now, I don't mean every version of Battletoads, I'm talking the NES original right. Battletoads, which is a very difficult game, but, like, I just, for some reason in my head, it felt more of, like, a fun, just Streets of Rage, you know, where I pick up Streets of Rage, I have fun with it. I pick up Turtles Arcade, I have fun with it. And it's that same style of game, but for some reason, Toads just didn't d- doesn't hold its... It's excitement or fun, fun factor to me anymore. Now like Battletoads versus Double Dragon, Battletoads Double Dragon, I love that game still, but the original just doesn't hold up. People are going to going to just
0: No, that's fair. It's gonna totally kill, fair. People are going
2: to kill it's me. It's totally fair cuz we always remember the beginning, but I've never played the after the 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 the, the racing jet things and the the case. skis. Never I've never beaten them.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: For me it's Ninja Gaiden Oh, God. I loved the first level of Ninja Gaiden. Absolutely love it. I love the music. I love the style of gameplay, the, like the different weapons you get, the boss fights. But that game is so fucking hard. Oh, my God, yeah. And I don't think I've ever beaten the original Ninja Gaiden. And it's very frustrating because you can get to a spot where you could just, you'll just die. Because there's so many guys, they just bump into you, push you all the way back into a pit, and you're dead. Right.
0: There's no forgiving in it.
2: Yeah, I mean that's kind of Ninja Gaiden though Oh yeah, I
0: know Yeah, what about you Ethan? Man, I had one and then I was listening to you And I forgot it I'm trying to to get back to what it was Gotta blame me, I see A a game that was a big disappointment On the the revisit On the revisit, went back I'll tell you another one, Vector Man (laughs) Yeah, I just played Vector Man recently. Oh,
2: that's rough. I loved Vector Man. I thought it was so good. You know why you love Vector Man? Because Earthworm Jim came out around that, and it's exactly the same. You're right. And Earthworm Jim is way better.
1: Earthworm Jim is way better, absolutely. That's why. I love Earthworm Jim, though, still.
2: Oh, yeah, I know. You play Vector Man, it's like, Yeah, Vector Man's like like the vector of (laughs) Earthworm Jim. Yeah, it's not very good. No. Vector Man 2 is even worse.
0: Hot garbage.
2: Hot garbage. What about Kung Fu? Kung Fu's a mess. I love Kung Fu, but... What about Friday the 13th?
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was just no. bad both times. You're right. You got
0: one, Ethan? Yeah, there? yeah. Okay. okay. I I have one. I have one. So, I still don't really like it. I know this is... This is may get some flack from people. I don't like Zelda 2. I had some fun playing this. Oh, kid. Zelda
2: 2 Link... Uh, yeah. Link's think, Adventure? Link's Adventure? It's terrible. I don't like it. Yeah. I know there's some terrible. people
0: that say, yeah. oh, you know... It was different. You didn't like it when you were a kid. Try it now. And the last time I played it, I was still like, "Yeah, no. this isn't fun. No it's no not thanks. good. Game it's not fun. good at
2: all. Nope.
1: Yep. Not at all. You um, you don't have to worry about getting any flack from us on that one. Yeah. Yeah, we totally no, I completely agree. We agree with you on that. Yep. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks for the uh, question mark. And uh, DD saved his question for. Uh, the bxAP podcast. I, so if
0: you didn't listen to this week's episode ninety two of the BxAP podcast, go back and listen to it for your boy, Dirty Dylan.
1: Yeah, he had a good question. so um, but yeah, so maybe next week we'll be we'll be blessed with his presence on our show. Here, perhaps this show. But uh, all right, well, guys, that's been the the emails this week. so don't forget you can send in questions anytime uh any time of the week. Just send them to info at bxap or you can just leave them again in our social media feeds at BXAP Gaming. So, cool, guys. That's uh, that's episode six. Episode six of the Legend of Retro. We air every Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, and of course, BXAP.com. And don't forget to check out our other shows. We just mentioned the BXAP podcast on Tuesdays. We got Pop Hunters on YouTube. YouTube.com backslash BXAP Gaming. Uh, if you like collect uh, collecting figures or Funko Pops uh, things like that, you will love this show. So uh, we go travel around local comic book shops and uh, other stores that carry these type of things, and we hunt for rare figures. So, um, and we have some shenanigans along the way. Shenanigans. So, yeah. Check all that out, and then, of course, guys, you can always check out our streaming uh, on Twitch.tv backslash bxabgaming. We stream sunday monday and tuesdays tuesdays would probably be if you're a fan of the retro tuesdays are the indie stream so there is some cool stuff like shovel knight uh axiom verge games like uh games like that that i think uh definitely fit in the whole retro game area so all right guys well we'll see you next week check out everything at bxab.com and thanks for hanging out see ya see ya see ya